This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 151, Submission 1330. The Nerd. The Nerd was an unsold pilot produced by NBC for the 1989-1990 season. Hold on, I'm getting up and dancing. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> all, are we all going to get up and dance? Come on, everybody get up. Come on. <laughs> all right. some mad tambourine action there can i just say something here what that theme song and that opening sequence is a bop it is but it's like what the f yes yes it is very much what the f it's like where okay here's okay and let me paint you a picture here here are two people you know doing one two step one two step you know just build the flow you know and then comes this uh this nerd-looking guy with the pocket protector, short-sleeved, white, button-down, press-on t-shirt. And then he just starts doing this crazy tambourine action here. And everybody's joining in on it. And they're doing it through the kitchen. Then it's back into the living room. And then they lean him out the door. He's about to follow him. Nope, he closes the door right behind him. Oh, and also, you made an observation last week, which I do believe is true. I, I took a look at it a few times. Sometime in the opening sequence, the nerd loses his pocket protector. Oh. Yeah. Might, might have fallen out, or maybe it was just bad No, continuity. he wasn't dancing that hard. Yeah, there were a couple of times it looked like it was ready to pop out. So it, it, it may have uh, fallen out. It may have been a, a bad uh, continuity error, but yes, it did happen. Yeah. Well, this is based on a famous play. Uh, I, I think we need to put an asterisk in there uh, after a the word famous? famous. Yeah, I don't think it's that famous. It is a known play. Well, okay. The thing oh. is, it, it, well... It was on Broadway, guys. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, okay, but, but I mean, if you look at like the grand scheme of things, how many TV shows have have been done that were based on a play. Okay, two come to mind immediately. One really good, one not so good. The good one is The Odd Couple. And all of its uh, later versions. But technically, it's more based on the movie, the show. But again, it's a play, so okay. well, we'll, we'll, cons- we'll consider it. But then uh, the other one that came to mind, and we talked about it last year, I think it was like episode 61, Primetime starts at 7.30. You can't take it with you. 
Oh, with Harry Morgan. Yep. Yes. Wasn't the Paul Lynch show also based on a play? It was based on Howie. So that's a third one. Yeah, Paul see, I was show. in the hospital then. Okay. All right. So while well, we have talked or are going to talk about three TV shows that were based on stage plays. Well, more like two and a half because. And this would be another one because The Nerd was based on a stage play by Larry Shue. Larry Shue. Larry Shue. Yeah. No relation, I believe, to Elizabeth Shue. Or Andrew Shue. Or a really big shoe. I'm sorry, that, that was my Ed Sullivan. Sorry. That's fine. Okay, so The Nerd was originally set in 1979, although it premiered on Broadway in 1981. So when it was a play, it was current for that era. You know, taking the uh, whole fact that 79 and 81 are a different animal from when this pilot was produced in 1989. Yeah, well, the story of this play is Wilm Cubbert, an unassuming young architect who is landlords to friends Tansy and Axel. Tansy is a smart, attractive woman with a mutual but unconsummated attraction to Wilm. She is determined to leave in order to pursue a career in television meteorology in Washington, D.C. Axel is a smart Alec drama critic who was once engaged briefly to Tansy. The three of them are all good friends. Axel and Tansy are present when Wilm, during a house party, becomes host to an unexpected house guest named Rick Stedman, who had saved Wilm's life in Vietnam. And all sorts of crazy shenanigans happen. And really, that's almost the pilot in a nutshell right there, or at least like the first, like, eight minutes. Yeah, well, here's the thing. In the pilot, the character of Axel is not in the pilot at all. It's just Tansy and Willem. And in this pilot, I believe Willem is married to Tansy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're newlyweds, I think. Yeah, and there is also another character who's not in the pilot that was in the play that I'll mention when we get to it. But also there is a big twist in the play that I will wait for the end to talk about. So in the play, Tansy and Axel become really good friends with this guy, this Rick Stedman guy who, how can I put this lightly? He's not the most nimblest character. No. He's not the most debonair character. Yeah, he doesn't have many social graces. He's a nerd. He's a nerd. And not like the cool nerd of today. Not like the cool nerds like Greg or Mike or myself. I wouldn't classify myself as a nerd. I'd classify myself as a geek. I would also classify myself as a geek, but that's neither here nor there. I'm such a geek, Brian Alvarez would make fun of me for being a geek. Geeks are awesome, by the way. Yeah, screw you, Brian. (laughs) Okay, so much of the play centers around Axel trying to get rid of Rick. With no success whatsoever. None whatsoever. So, Willem, Tansy, and Axel have a Terre Haute dinner for Rick. And, by the way, this party is also 
for a client named Warnock Walgrave, for whom he is designing a hotel. Which is Willem. Willem's designing a hotel for Warnock Walgrave. And they're trying to do everything in their power to get Rick to leave before Walgrave shows up. For dinner, they have a traditional Terre Haute dinner, which is warm water and cottage cheese. And then overhearing that Rick is afraid of pigs, Willems decides that he turns into a pig when the moon is full, as it is when the play is going on. They make up this pagan ritual that in order for Willem to stay a man... Everybody has to throw cottage cheese out the window. And who comes in covered in cottage cheese? Walgrave. Suffice it to say, Willem's not going to be making a hotel for him anytime soon. Yeah. But there is one part in the play, as I mentioned, that we'll save for the end. That's the twist of the play. Now, the play ran on Broadway for 441 performances from March 22nd, 1987 to April 10th, 1988, starring, oh my God, can you believe this, Mark Hamill, and was directed by Charles Nelson Riley. I would believe both of those things. Yes. In the 1987 production, the action diverged from the play in places such as Robert Joy playing the character of Rick, squawking like a chicken when the guests at Willem's party began to eat deviled eggs and later spraying ready whip into his mouth. Yep, that sounds like something a nerd would do. Yeah. Especially a nerd like Rick Stedman. But they didn't have easy cheese in 1979, I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Well, he was doing ready whip. Oh, yeah, they did have ready whip in 1979. They did? They yeah. Did. Yes. I don't know why I was thinking of Easy Cheese. Anyway, so what does a Terre Haute dinner in 1979 have to do with a pilot from 1989, Greg? I don't know. For some reason, NBC thought this would be a great idea for a series. Let's adapt it because it was a hit on Broadway. Well, it did pretty good for itself. I wouldn't say it was a hit, but it did really well for itself. I mean, it ran for almost a year. Yep. A little over a year, yeah. But unfortunately, you don't have Mark Hamill or Charles Nelson Riley involved in this. Not the pilot, no. But they did get Robert Joy from the play in the role reprising it as Rick Stedman. Who else was in the pilot besides Rick Stedman? Because I know the, the cast had, as the uh, opening said, uh, John Dye and... Harley Jane Kozak. John Dye would be best known for his uh, role as Andrew, the Angel of Death, <laughs> in Touched by an Angel. And Harley Jane Kozak would be known... She was on Santa Barbara. Yes, she was. She was also in When Harry Met Sally, Parenthood, and Arachnophobia. And by Parenthood, we mean the... Uh, the, the, the movie. Not the movie. The, not either TV show. Not either TV the... show. The original movie by Ron Howard. By the way, one of the versions of that show is on the list. And it's not the current one. It's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Yeah. Why are we whispering? All right, so we talked about Rick Stedman, who is the nerd and let's walk everybody through the pilot shall we yeah 
It's not going to be a very long walk, unfortunately. It's a pilot. It never is. No. Thankfully. So in this pilot, Willem's last name is Boyd. Boyd? Willem Boyd. Okay. And they're married, so it's Tansy Boyd, too. Yeah. And so what happens is when the pilot begins, you see Tansy and Willem setting up a, a dinner party. And the guests are Mr. and Mrs. Walgrave. Yes. Uh, except in this case, Mr. and uh, Walgrave comes off more as the boss to Willem Boyd than like a family friend. Yes. And playing Mr. Walgrave is a legendary actor, M. Emmett Walsh. Oh, and God. Chico, do you want to list the IMDb uh, filmography of Mr. Oh, Walsh? God. Uh, oh, we'd be here all day if we talked about everything he's been in. Here's a bit of the back of his baseball card. The Jerk, Ordinary People, Blade Runner, The Iron Giant. Do we want to mention Wild Wild West from 1999 or no? No. Now, how about we mention something even more recent? How about Knives Out? Oh, Oh, yes! Yeah! Yes! And you know who else was in Knives Out, guys? Daniel Craig... Um, yeah, Daniel Craig, but America's ass was in Knives Out. Oh, yeah. The man who made corded sweaters hip again. Yeah. Botulism. 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 He was in Mystery Date. Oh, that is true. Chris Evans was in Mystery Date. He was America's ass from the get-go. But yeah, he played Mr. Proofrock on Knives Out. Yeah. Man, he was in that, and Christopher Plummer. Huh, man, I'll, uh, I can't. All I can say is I can't wait for the sequel. Yeah. And by the way, we'll be talking about Christopher Plummer R.I.P. in May. But let's get back to this pilot. Yes. So Willem and Tansy they're preparing for the dinner with Mr. Walgrave when yep. there's a phone call that Tansy picks up, and it's from a guy named Rick Stedman. And Willem didn't know it was Rick Stedman until he had to say the name a few times. Do you yeah. know what that was? That was Rick Stedman! Yeah. Now, in the play, Rick Stedman saved Willem's life in Vietnam. Yes. But remember, this is 1989. Mm-hmm. The end of the Vietnam War would be like 14 years earlier. So it wouldn't make sense for this pilot in 1989 if he saved his life in Vietnam. So in this case, in the pilot, he saves his life in a fire. Yeah, which, you know, you could place it any era. You could place it at any era. So he was unconscious in the fire. Rick Stedman found him. So Willem wakes up in the hospital. Rick Stedman had already left, but he gave his name to the person at the hospital. And Willem wrote a letter to Rick thanking him for saving his life and said, there's anything you want, anything you can do, you can come to my house at any time or you can, you know, Hey, anything for the guy who saved my life. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. There's no amount of money that uh, you can repay Rick Stedman for saving his life. And he also said, yeah, if you need a place to stay or whatever, just let me know. Come on over. You saved my life. Yep. Well, guess who decided to take advantage of that right as this dinner party was starting? Rick Stedman. Hi, Rick Stedman. Yeah, yeah. Rick Stedman. 
Now, I want to mention, in the play, Mr. Walgrave and his wife are with their son. By the way, we didn't mention in the taping that Mrs. Walgrave is played by actress Tony Sawyer, who is a perennial that lady from that thing. She's been on many shows over the years as a guest spot. She's been on shows like Family Ties, The Dukes of Hazard, Three's Company, The A-Team, The Golden Girls, Seinfeld, and even recent shows like, for example, NCIS and Criminal Minds. And she's been working recently as of 2021. She's in something called When the Moon Was Twice as Big. But in the pilot, for whatever reason, Mr. and Mrs. Walgrave's son is not in the pilot. So they write him out by saying he's locked in the car. He doesn't want to get out of the car to be at this party. Is he coming? No. You give him the 20? He wants 50. What? You little blood sucker! I'll see you rotten hell first! You know, it's so easy to just say... I'm looking at Walgrave. He's old enough to have a son in the forces. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he could yeah. have easily said, yeah, he's off somewhere making the world safe for democracy or something. Well, he's at college or something. Yeah, but locked in a car? That's just lazy writing. It is. Or just not mention he has a son at all. Yeah, you don't have to mention that. Were they angry that people that were fans of the play would wonder why his son wasn't in it? Well, people who regularly go to plays wouldn't necessarily be watching a pilot. I wonder if they just did it for the sake of completeness. Yeah, but there was another character who was in the play that wasn't in this. Yeah, Axel wasn't in this. In fact, you could say that the pilot was a very minimalist version of the play. Very minimalist. Basically. I don't think Willem and Tansy ever leave their house. No, they never leave the house during this. No, this is entirely at the house, yes. Yeah, this is basically, they're trying to redo Barney Miller or something with a nerd. Yeah. So Rick is already in the house. He's talking to Mr. Walgrave. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we'll just play the clip right here. Whoa, hey, come on in. Who is this man? Well, I don't know, Willem. I thought he was your friend. I'm not Willem. Now you tell us. Who are you? Rick Stedman. You're Rick Stedman? No, no, you are. Well, that's what I thought. I was going to say. Rick, it's me, Willem Boyd. Oh, oh, right. Uh, I didn't think there'd be more than one Rick Stedman. (laughs) Everybody, this is the man who saved my life. It's not that common of a name, you know. He went into a burning building. The flames were shooting. I don't think I've ever even heard of another Rick Stedman. (laughs) You guys, we are in the presence here of a real-life, honest-to-God hero. I got to be honest with Rick. It is not a common name, Rick Stedman. No one... Uh, do you know a Rick Stedman? No. I don't know a Rick Stedman. Do you know a Rick Stedman, Mike? I do not know any Rick Stedmans. Well, one other thing I'm noticing on this is that there is a place seating for five. I guess, you know what? His son. That was supposed to be the fifth one. Yes. Right, you got now it. it. Now it all comes together. But you really have to think about it. I mean, really have to think about it. But hey, now we have enough seating for both Boyds, both Walgraves, and a random Rick Stedman. A wild Rick Stedman appears. 
that's one way of, of describing Rick Stedman. A wild Rick Stedman? Huh, apparently not wild enough. Or maybe too wild, I don't know. So yeah, the entirety of the, the pilot more or less is the dinner party. It, it doesn't go very far into the, the play, as it were. It's it, just the dinner party, and then after they have dinner, then they play some games. Yeah. Well, they didn't go into the... Uh... They don't, they don't like go over like the whole dinner party. I mean, they don't do the whole, I turn into a pig sort of situation. No, they don't. It's the entire dinner scene condensed into 20 minutes. Right. So yeah, the, the pilot is the dinner scene more or less. Plus, like I said, they, they do some games and I don't know what was going on there, but uh and the thing is, uh, Rick Stedman, maybe because he's out of the loop, maybe because he's not really friends with anybody else at this dinner party, is sort of like the black sheep of the party. Oh, that's one way of putting it. Well, he, he was. I mean, he, he sort of ruined uh, the, the one game that they played in the pilot, which is one of those like, yeah, I, I see uh, something that begins with an A, then a B, then a C, then a D. And he sort of ruined it once they got to, I believe it would have been F he, since he, uh, or, or E since he, he was the fifth person. Yeah, uh, he was the fifth person, so it would be an E. Yeah, and, and he sort of ruined it by saying something that didn't begin with an E. And, yeah. and, and everybody's like, well, don't you see what we're doing? We went A, B, C, D. You're supposed to come up with an E, and E sort of was oblivious to all that. Again, very busy. Yeah, he says, I went on a trip and I brought an apple, a basket, some candles, a duck, and a map of the area. You know what? Play it. Play it. Play it right now. The first person says, I went on a trip and I brought, and then he says something that goes with an A. Like it could be an apple, an ant. Oh, it doesn't have to be an apple? Tansy. No, no, it could be anything. Well, I'll give it a whirl. Let me see. I went on a trip and I brought an apple. <laughs> hey, I know this game. I used to play with chips. Chips? Well, he was my best friend. So, uh, hey, it's your turn. I, I know that. Uh, I, I went on a trip and I brought an apple and a basket. I went on a trip, and I took an apple, a basket, and a candlestick. You, you brought a candlestick. You didn't take a candlestick. Not yet. <laughs> I, I went on a trip, and I uh, brought an apple and a basket and a candlestick and a duck. Okay, Rick. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I went on a trip, and I brought an apple, a basket, a candlestick, a duck, and... A map of the area. <laughs> Your turn, go. <laughs> that's it, he loses. Well, no, 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 um, uh, Rick, you're supposed to say something that begins with an E. Huh? Uh, <laughs> um, A, B, C, I had D, E. Oh. Oh, we never played that way. We always just, you know, we just named things we'd really take on a trip. Too bad. Hey. Oh, no, no. Why doesn't Rick do it his way, and we'll just keep on the way we were going, okay? Well, all right. Good. Good. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'll do that. 
I went on a trip and I brought an apple, a basket, a candlestick, a duck, a map of the area, and uh, a flagpole. A flagpole? <laughs> <laughs> well, on a trip? <laughs> okay! <laughs> um, Mr. Wargrave, it's... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I, I went on a trip and I brought an apple, a basket, a candlestick, a duck, a map of the area, a flagpole, and a gun. I went on a trip and I took an apple, a basket, a candlestick. Rick? And Rick, what are you doing? Uh, well, maybe you guys can remember all these, but I sure can't. <laughs> I, I went on a trip, and I took an apple and a... A basket? I know, but... What are, what are we doing? I mean, what the hell is the point if he's going to write them down? Absolutely. So why don't we just not play this? Yes. In fact, now would be a good time for you guys to talk. Uh, Rick, 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 Rick. This is sad. That was sad to watch. It was. That was really sad to watch. And it wasn't really even that funny. No. No, it wasn't. And talking about the pilot as a whole, the funniest thing on the pilot was the opening credits. Yeah. It's not uh, saying and, much. And, yeah, the thing of it is, if you were to make a judgment call up on the uh, opening credits, then you'd think you would be in for a really good time with these three and that they would be friends and stuff. When the whole thing, the whole dinner party... You kind of get the opposite idea, you know? And the thing is, when I originally submitted this last year during our original pilot month, I was submitting it based solely on the opening credits. Yes, because when you submitted this to me on the opening credits, I'm like, what the hell is this? And, I thought and also, this would be fun. And, and, and also, we need to cover this the next pilot month, which is here but yeah this one was let's just say we have a whole lot of ideas for the next pilot month yeah it would be fun if i were to find the uh, unsold sailor moon pilot for pilot month but that seems to be like somewhere in the wind although but... i'm pretty sure somebody in the universe has a copy of that but hey, we're getting what's Alan watching with Gordon Nimick next year, so there you go. I know the the pilot is supposed to like lay out the groundwork. Really, what groundwork was there for this series? I mean, yeah, they introduced the main characters. They introduced the backstory with how Rick Steadman uh, knew uh, Willem Boyd. But really, what what would the next step be? What would I, I... Be in episode one, that you could build off of this. I'm guessing maybe they would introduce Axel in the series. Yeah. Or, or maybe even the kid. Or maybe Willem's job as an architect. But again, what else could you develop yeah. off of this? If you even wanted to get, let's say, 13 weeks out of this. I don't see enough meat here to get 13 episodes. Like, Yeah, it's like, okay... I look at this show and I think to myself, what are the questions that you have to have an answer for in the pilot is, where are you going with this? 
Yeah, and they just didn't know where they're going, I don't think. And it's sort of weird because Robert Joy was in the play. I mean, if anybody would know where he's going with this. It would be Robert Joy. It would be Robert Joy, yes. Yeah. Uh, Also, I think we should add, there may have been a little bit of controversy at the end of this pilot for two reasons. Well, okay, well, one really isn't a controversy, but you could tell that Rick Steadman was uh, making his home. He pulls out a, a, a tambourine and gives it a little rattle like uh, you heard in the opening credits. Uh-huh. But also, th- there were some comments made by Willem at some point, which makes me believe he, he may be either atheist or agnostic, and you have Rick Steadman pull out of, of his like steamer trunk a copy of the Bible and he gives it to, to Willem and there's that, that sort of like freezes the action. It's like, okay, now it's not funny anymore. Now it's like awkward. It went yeah, from funny to awkward. To say the least awkward. I, I mean, that, that, that wouldn't really be my you know reaction if I was in that situation. Oh, here, let me pull out a, a Bible and sort of give him the hint. You need a little bit of God in your life. And the thing of it is, if you look very carefully, what does Rick kind of sort of look like? Are you going to say like a Jehovah's Witness or something? I was going to say. Is it religious? Let's say that. Is he, it looks, re- he looks like a missionary. Okay, I can buy it. So I can totally see the sort of controversy there. Yeah. And that's basically how the pilot ends is Rick has his uh, steamer trunk open. He's setting up his space, you know, pulling out his property. He gives uh, the Bible to Willem. And uh, right at the end, he pulls out his tambourine and gives a little rattle. Again, it just seems that, you know, for a pilot, there wasn't much development, but also at the same point, it leaves me scratching my head as to what could they have done with this? How could they have gotten six episodes out of this? Not even 13 at this point. Six. It's just, uh, and also it just, again, didn't come across as funny. Yeah, it was stage play funny, and it was not sitcom funny. It didn't deliver the goods, basically. One thing we haven't mentioned up to this point regarding Mm -hmm. this pilot, we said it was recorded in 1989. We didn't say when it aired. How long did they sit on this? Greg? It aired March 2nd, 1996. Now, I have a theory about why this aired on March 2nd, 1996. Now, March 2nd, 1996 was a Saturday. What would NBC be airing in the afternoon in 1996? In March of 1996. On a Saturday. On a Saturday. Baseball. No, they'd be in spring training. NBC right. still did have half of baseball, but because at this point, Fox had taken ABC's portion of the MLB contract. But no. no, they wouldn't be airing baseball at this time. What would they be airing? Not the NBA, because that would be on Sundays. You sure? Because I thought they aired NBA games on Saturday. I pretty much remember NBA games airing on Sundays. I could be wrong. I, I thought Saturday was more of like a sports world type of day. Okay. Yeah. All right. So be. maybe it would be basketball. May- I don't know if NBC Sports World was. I maybe it was long gone, but I don't know. 
My best guess is they had a sporting event in the afternoon. And in some, case, some sort of sporting event. Some yeah. sort of sporting event. And they had this as a placeholder on Saturday. And in case like it overran or something, the sporting event, they'd be like, we're not going to air this. Because this is like a seven-year-old pilot. And then they didn't get an overrun. They were like, okay, I guess we have to air it then. So you think they were sort of contractually obligated to air this pilot? Because ultimately, they did help produce it. Yes. It was produced in-house, so... Yeah. Well, the thing that shocked me when I first aired it was I was watching it, and then it was last year when I watched this. I watched it to the end, and then you get the NBC split-screen credits. I'm like, wait a minute. NBC didn't start doing split-screen credits until, like, what? 1994? Yeah, 1994-ish. And then I see on the split-screen... There's a bit with Phil Hartman from Saturday Night Live, and it says Saturday Night Live 1993. And I'm like, what? They aired this like years later? Yeah, I mean, you could tell it was years later because you see the NBC bug appear in the lower right hand corner. Well, and at the end, it says you could watch Phil Hartman as Bill McNeil on News Radio. I'm like, yeah, I would have rather watched 1994 with the credits. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I would have much rather have watched News Radio than this. Oh, and by the way, looking at the credits, I notice a name that's very familiar in the credits. Do you know who the associate director of the nerd was? Don Barnhart. Yes, Don Barnhart. Who directed Uh, almost every episode of Saved by the Bell? Yes, that Don Barnhart. You know what? You beat me to it. Yes. Okay, so I mentioned that there's a twist in the play. There is a twist in the play. All right, so let me get back to the play here. Now, in the play, what Willem and Tansy never learn is that Rick Stedman is not actually Rick Stedman. Oh, the intruder is actually an actor named Kemp Hall, who was persuaded by Axel to impersonate Rick Stedman in order to make Wilm understand his real priorities. Kemp playing the nerd drives Wilm almost to comical violence as he becomes increasingly impossible to live with. Kemp has also, in the character of a man named Red Graham, been leaving phone messages for Wilm, asking him to build a housing estate in Alexandria, Virginia. Axel points out to Wilm that it is very close to Washington, D.C., and therefore very close to where Tansy is moving. At the end of the play, Wilm finally finds what Tansy calls the gumption to order Rick out of his home. He declares that he will leave for Alexandria the next day and court Tansy till she cracks. Tansy agrees that it is a good plan, and the two of them go out for some dinner. Axel is alone in the room and calls Kemp to say, I think we did it, babe. I think 100%. Kemp joins him, no longer the klutzy Rick, now an urban, intelligent man. Kemp wonders what the real Rick Stedman is like, and Axel says, nice fellow, probably. Kemp, who has made Willem's life hell for weeks, says, not a bad fellow, your friend Willem. Axel provides the theme of the play when he replies, he's all right. He just needs to have his life interfered with a little. That's all. That's it? Yep, that's the play. If this had somehow gone to series, it would turn out that 
Rick Steadman was not actually Rick Steadman? Maybe? Possibly? Okay, maybe you have a little bit of character development. Here's the thing. They have to give some sort of idea. They have to drop in little hints or two. We didn't really get that in this pilot. Well, it's a pilot. But but the pilot has to set the stage for uh, the series to come. Yeah, but if I that know. Is but part of the series, then. Well, they could always add it in reshoots or something if it got picked up. Yeah, but I guess they didn't have anywhere to go with this because it they didn't air it for like seven years. Yeah. Oh, I should add one more thing. Another big name that uh, we haven't mentioned yet. The director of this show? Yeah. James Burroughs. That oh, James Burroughs? That James Burroughs. Yeah, yes. We're talking about Cheers, Frasier, Taxi, Will and Grace. Yes, that James Burroughs. Charles Burroughs, Charles Burroughs. So, I'm like, yeah, that James Burroughs. Yeah, legend. Incredible. And he directed this. And he directed this, yes. And Don Bornhort was the associate director. Which it kind of sort of got, now that you think about it. Well, they can't all be home runs. No. Well, what do we have to say about the pilot for the nerd? What can we say about this series except the nerd? It was almost a thing on TV. But it was a thing on TV because it actually aired. So in this case, this pilot was a thing on TV. Yes. Sad, wasn't it? Yeah. But you know what's not sad? What's not sad? It was a thing on TV.com. You could go to our website at itwasathingontv.com. You could listen to all of our past shows. You could listen to all our past live shows. You can listen to all our past minisodes and some director's cuts. As a matter of fact, yesterday on Easter Sunday, we debuted yesterday on our Podbean feed, the director's cut of the video game show part two. Oh, that was a really good show. Really it good was show. a good it was a good show. We have some added bits regarding the Price is Right DOS game, the Thunder and Paradise CDI game brother, and oh, that classic moment where we looked at the helmets in the Monday night football game. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was great. And of course, that's going to pop up soon on our YouTube channel, which you should subscribe to, and you should also leave a like, comment, subscribe, and once you subscribe, don't forget to hit the bell. Ding. So you can stay up to date on future entries. Like our next installment, which basically takes a one-off steampunk comic book and turns it into a one-off television series? Yeah. Weird. It's very bizarre. It's a lot of revisionist history. And that'll be in our next episode. But before we leave for this episode, I just want to mention, as I mentioned in the cold open in episode 149, I mentioned a good friend of mine, Blade Braxton of WrestleCrap.com. He unfortunately passed away last Sunday. And we want to send our condolences out to his family and friends. But I figured in honor of my friend Blade, one of his recurring segments on WrestleCrap Radio was 
the wrestlecrap.com haiku. So I'm debuting a new segment for you guys here on It Was a Thing on TV. Mike, play the music. Okay, guys. This is a new segment. 17 syllables about something on It Was a Thing on TV. And I figured, in honor of Blade, it would be perfect for this episode. Guys, are you ready for this haiku? I don't know if I'm ready. I may need to get some handkerchiefs or something. Mike, are you ready for this? I can't wait. Okay, here we go. The nerd pilot aired. Where was this awfulness found? Littlefield's closet. Good night, folks! Woo! It's time for your favorite high school game show, Geek, Dweeb, or Spaz. Now let's meet our third Geek, Dweeb, or Spaz, Doreen Farben. Doreen is a geeky dweeb. Hi, guys! <laughs> Serena! Uh. Geeky dweeb. That's right. That's right. 